Hey, this is Jess. And this is Trevenia. This is the podcast, Why Does No One Tell You? Where we talk about all the things that we're learning as first-time moms that no one talks about or told us about. Welcome back to Why Does No One Tell You? Where we continue the story of Abigail with her journey through postpartum depression. For those of you just joining us, here's a little recap. Last week, Abigail told us the story of how she began dealing with apathy during her pregnancy and how it continued through the first year of her son's life. She shares that the only help she received was the help that she allowed in, and that's so important to tell someone about what you're dealing with. If you haven't heard the beginning of her story yet, pause this episode now and go back to listen to part one. If you think you may have postpartum depression, speak to a medical professional, counselor, or therapist and get help as soon as possible. Now for part two. With the current system of health care in America, there's um, like there was an allotted amount of each mineral and vitamin that I was supposed to be taking, right? Mm. But I don't think that like my my doctor was not a twin specialist mm. and so i was not taking i don't i don't think the appropriate amount of vitamins and minerals i think i was deficient mm. in a lot more than i thought i was yeah um so i would say that definitely start taking care of those things even even if you're starting to sense apathy or if you're starting to sense depression like there are definitely things in the in the physical and natural that you can do to help yourself be better so like um, magnesium, vitamin D, and vitamin B are all things that help with depression. Mm. Um, magnesium, I think, like way back, and don't quote me on this because it was like a long time ago that I read this. <laughs> um, but magnesium was actually the first happy pill that they used in institutions mm. for psychotic patients. Oh, wow. So when you're deficient in it, it makes a big, big difference. Wow. Um, and same thing with vitamin D. I mean, that's a pretty common knowledge that vitamin D either, especially in countries or states that don't have a lot of sunshine, mm. it affects their mental health. Yeah. So, um, doing those things and then getting outside and moving that helps. Um, and then eating as good as you possibly can. Yeah. So going back to something you said earlier, what do you think makes it so difficult to talk about in general, but also with someone? I think it goes back to that original fear of being seen as unfit Mm. um i didn't want to be so real with somebody that i didn't feel like knew my knew my heart and my intentions like like i don't want like i didn't want someone to like hear my story and then be like well how can you be mothering twins like what if you hurt one of them you know or what if you like like if you are having difficulties like getting up off the floor to change the diaper like how are you going to be able to be there without your husband or without somebody else in the house or mm. and so it was really just that fear of inadequacy that I was so like terrified of that they would like institutionalize me or something you know wow. um which is crazy and and I don't know um what would have happened differently if I'd been like to my doctor you know like mm. hey no I know that it says that I don't have postpartum depression because I'm not crying more than I'm happy or don't want to necessarily kill myself like but something's not right yeah um and I don't know why apathy is not on the questionnaire yeah (laughs) but um they probably would have just prescribed me what I did you know Mm -hmm. and you know find a therapist and 
you know, exercise, eat a good diet, and then take these um, supplements. So, yeah, the current state of the healthcare system in America, I mean, they can't know everything. You know your body better than everybody else. Like right. somebody who might have been apathetic their whole life doesn't know mm. any different from that, you know? Dang, yeah. So. Yeah. So um, touching on something you mentioned a little bit earlier um, with the way that your relationships were, you kind of touched on it with your husband. Um, but how like how did having postpartum depression affect your relationships? OK, yeah, um, bad. It was all bad. Um, I mean, the one person that I was able to come clean with about it all, um, she we probably got closer through it mm. because, you know, like like I said, intimacy and vulnerability begets intimacy and vulnerability. So yeah. um, anytime that you can share, feel safe enough to share it with somebody that also gives them the space to do the same. So that I think grew. Um, now, looking back, I can say that even though it was bad for, you know, a year or more, mm. um, it's good now. Mm. Like there was definitely still growth. Um, and I think that just goes to show that, you know, God can literally take anything and you can find redemption with it. Yeah. So, um, my poor husband, he was an only child and he... <laughs> I mean, he was just shocked and shocked and shocked and shocked over and over again for the last, like, you know, year and a half, <laughs> two years, three years. <laughs> I mean, ever since we met, it's been shock. <laughs> um, and so we went from a single man only worried about himself, and then mm. he had um, a girlfriend, and then he had a girlfriend and a dog, and then he had a wife, a dog, a house, and then three months later he had two additional children to be taken care of mm. so it was a lot of added responsibility that I don't think he was quite mentally prepared for so yeah. um but I mean now I could not ask for a better partner or mm. friend or husband or dad I mean yeah. he really is rock star and you know sometimes dads are like a little like well they get a bad rap of being like hands off yeah that is definitely not my husband he is all in like 100 nice. so um, and I think honestly, that's probably because I was so incapacitated oh, wow. for the first six months. Yeah. Like he needed to be all in hands on, yeah. you know? Um, so I would say that it was really bad in the beginning because like, I was still kind of dealing with resentment towards him. Like, mm. like I wanted him to be able to help me. I wanted him to be able to hear what I had to say and not be offended or scared or, yeah. and he was, Yeah. he was scared that. I was telling him the truth, you know, that, that it was like, is it scary when your yeah. partner's like, I wanted to run my car into a tree. Yeah. Like, I think maybe like, I feel like sometimes, you know, maybe we should, you should just be their dad and I'll just go somewhere else. Like, oh, wow. and like, those are really hard things to hear. Right. And especially when he was already like, he's just as shocked as I was. Right. You know, that I don't know if they have a questionnaire for dads. Like, do you have post-dad depression? <laughs> like, I know, right? You know, like, your identity has completely shifted and changed. Yeah. And like, are you okay? Yeah. I mean, especially even for um, single dads. Mm-hmm. Because they have to be the ones to take, like, do they give all them all a the questionnaire? Yeah, like, all the responsibility changes. And like, your identity totally shifts, like like I said, single man worried about himself. And then it was husband, dog, dad, and father of twins. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
and it, honestly, it took him a really long time to get in sync with all of that. Like, now he didn't, he wasn't dealing with the apathy that, that I was dealing with, but he was still, like, would get easily overwhelmed, and, I mean, like most people do, but with their new parents, but, um, yeah, easily overwhelmed, and just, like, kind of woe is me, like, yeah. I wasn't ready, like, you know. Well, I mean, because he already was like, oh, no, let's wait a year for mm-hmm. kids. Yeah. And then, yeah, it yeah. was. So that relationship was rocky and then strong as ever because, you know, you got to be able to come through all that stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and then my other relationships, probably um, the biggest shift, I think, would be with my in-laws, which mm. everybody hates talking about their in-laws, oh. but my in-laws <laughs> are awesome. Well, that's great. Um, now. Yeah. Now. Because <laughs> in, the, in the beginning, there was just, I mean, think about it, though. I was a newlywed. Right. And then I was apathetic, so I didn't feel anything, and and um, there was a lot of learning on both sides of the relationships, where they had an expectation, and I had an expectation, and nobody communicated, right? Oof. So Oof. Um, that did not help mm-hmm. with the postpartum depression, the perinatal yeah. depression, any of it. I mean, yeah. And, I mean, unfortunately, we had not really even known each other that long. Um, Taylor and I, we we started dating, and we got engaged six months later and then married, you know, eight months later. Oh, yeah. wow. So I, I knew his family for, like, a year before wow. we were married. And oh then God. a year and three months <laughs> oh before we um, had, ch- like, yeah. were pregnant, you right. know? Right, yeah. So. Um, That's a lot of things. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, fast. the Lord was just like, all right, I'm throwing you, you know, <laughs> hope you can swim you know <laughs> like, like, okay. yeah so um in the beginning and I, th- I think I touched on this in the beginning but like I especially when the boys were here um like my parents and my in-laws they loved the boys I mean so mm, much yeah. and at the time it made me angry, mm-hmm. um, resentful, bitter, whatever you want to call it, right? Yeah, I was yeah. mad that yeah. they were able to feel that connection and I wasn't. Mm. And so literally everything my in-laws did pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I hate to say that because That's now funny. we're really, really close. Yeah. yeah. But um, it was, I mean, that just goes to show that your mental health literally affects right. everything. Like I, mm-hmm. I could not have a normal conversation with them. Like, wow. Um, and it wasn't their fault. It was mine. Right. You know, uh, but I wasn't able to see that at the time. It was always, mm-hmm. well, they did this and they, you know, mm-hmm. I was only able, like, I mean, I hate to throw the victim mindset phrase out there, but that's definitely what was happening. Like I was, I had tunnel vision yeah. because of the hormone imbalances that were happening. So like, I literally could only see what was right in front of me and sometimes not even that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But through some... I mean, tons of prayer. I mean, and and I could go on for a long time about what the Lord has done in that alone. Mm. Um, Because, I mean, Jess, we've talked about it before, but, you know, whenever you have a hard relationship with your in-laws, it makes everything hard. And um, the Lord really challenged me. Mm. I mean, he was like, okay, that's not what I want for you. Mm. (laughs) And I was like, gosh dang, man. (laughs) Um, So... I mean, it, I mean, it was literally, and it's been probably about six months. It's gotten in the last six months. Well, mm-hmm. I guess everything's gotten better. Yeah. You know, I was able to feel the emotion to my kids and then I was able to actually open up and be vulnerable with my in-laws. And, mm-hmm. um, so, 
again i think you know it was bad for yeah. a while yeah. um and there's been growth on both sides yeah because of it and i can't attribute that to anything but god you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying yeah. because people dealing with other people's mind will and emotions Oof. is hard <laughs> work right and i think that if with that i just had to be patient and kind of do the whole like okay the only thing that I know to do right now is to be still, right? Mm-hmm. And just be like, okay, Lord, like, you're working on me. You're working on them. I got to let you do the work. Like, mm-hmm. I got to be patient and give you time to do mm-hmm. that work. Um, and so, yeah, I can't really say much else other than that, you know, without throwing too much family drama out in the, <laughs> <laughs> in the podcast realm. <laughs> but but um, it was. We did not see eye to eye on almost anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Lord has brought complete and total redemption through that mm-hmm. and healing i mean it's been really cool um th- my parents i mean they were pretty stable yeah going through um they knew something was wrong um how could they tell um i think she saw it on my face my mom and mm, this is probably gonna make me emotional but um she, yeah she she just tried to be there she i mean she didn't ask questions that's never been her thing yeah. She's more of a, I see that something's the matter and I'm just going to be available for whenever you need me. So, um, I remember one day I had a really, really rough day. I mean, Mm. the boys were like, I mean, just like any newborn, but there was two of them. I remember I took a video because it was insane. The baby, like it was lunch, it was feeding time Yeah, and I was getting the bottles ready and I took a video of the bottles that I was making and then I panned up to the children they were in their swings and they were wailing I'm talking like bloody murder screaming like and then I took the bottles to them and they shut up like (laughs) instantly like just quiet but like I remember one of those days you know when it was just a really 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 hard day and Mm -hmm. my I called my mom and I said I can't I'm I'm about to have a mental breakdown and she's like okay I'll be there in 45 minutes. Mm. She was like, I'll just be there, you know? That's what you mean. Yeah, yeah. so um, I didn't really, and I, I probably, it probably would have helped if I had had this conversation with her early on, but I did what I was able. Mm. And yeah. she was present when she needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and same thing with my dad. I mean, he's similar. You know, wasn't going to ask all these questions, yeah. but he was just there when we needed him. And Very kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I think... As far as literally everybody else, like, it it kind of ostracized me, like, mm-hmm. because I couldn't yeah. feel anything, and then I was embarrassed that I couldn't feel anything, and mm-hmm. and then I was embarrassed of what other people would think if I was communicating that with anybody, mm-hmm. and so yeah. um, I think it kind of, like, brought me to a real state of seclusion. Um, I didn't really have any moms that were my age at the time, mm-hmm. um, and so, I mean, yeah, I was just, I think I was alone, and I, I mean, and that, I think people like to say that that's a good thing and now mind you in that season the alone was good because i was fairly poisonous you know what i mean Mm, like yeah um, that's interesting yeah so but the lord was there in the middle of that and he brought healing and and that was really really cool but um i think that if i had been around a whole bunch of people i don't think that i would appreciate or like those relationships now because of what i had done or said Mm mm-hmm in the midst of my depression saying. yeah it almost gave you space yeah to kind of feel all of it yeah and and I needed to because yeah. I mean I don't think that I would have had the same level of understanding and f- like world view understanding of yeah. what that looks like and um 
and it's interesting now because as soon i mean as soon as that earmark hit for the boys and i like and i the first time i ever felt that like overwhelming sense of love and affection for them yeah which i still can't believe it was a whole year but the first time i felt that like was the beginning of all of my other relationships being well Mm. as well also Mm. um i mean just goes to show how mental health really does affect right everything right Mm -hmm. so very very interesting just out of curiosity if you don't mind sharing what was that moment that you were just like oh my gosh and like that you felt that overwhelming i think it was something stupid to be honest (laughs) (laughs) it was probably like they probably like crawled into my lap to be held yeah and i just like reached my nose down and smelled their head you know which didn't bring me any sense of satisfaction for the first year you know and i did that and i was just like wow i love you yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> and it was like and i and it, i mean it was so oh. profound though because mm. i literally had not felt that before wow yeah. and so when that happened i knew that i had turned a corner wow a big corner wow yeah that's huge it really was so do you want to talk a little bit about like um the support you got as far as like you were kind of talking about it with your mom and your dad about how they didn't Mm -hmm. ask questions but they were there yeah um but like other types of support like your friend like being able to talk to her but like was there any any other support that you got from anyone else and like did it actually help or was Mm -hmm. it one of those things where it kind of like you were just like Mm -hmm. like it didn't matter either way or like how you mentioned earlier how it made you mad like yeah. talk a little bit more about that um well because i had it out for my in-laws in the beginning which is unfortunate i kind of hope they don't listen to this <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> well i mean you were in a, a yeah. really dark place, place. yeah spot. um and to be honest we haven't even talked about it since like we've mm. just turned a corner and left yeah. it all behind us but yeah yep i think everything they did made me angry like um if they asked me a question about wanted what I said I wanted to do even if what I said I wanted to do was wrong like I was upset that they questioned me you know um I'm the mom yeah it was like it was a real complex I mean um so um that I think definitely like I mean they were there and that was good but they were not the people that I wanted to be there I guess Mm -hmm. and that might sound hurtful um but I just like that was where my poison was pointed you know and Mm -hmm. um i hate that now yeah i really do um and then i think really just the people coming to help thing was probably the biggest especially having twins like yeah and it was weird because i wanted them like i wanted a break from my kids but then i also didn't want to leave the room Mm -hmm. and which i is pretty normal i think um and then I also, like, wanted to get stuff done around the house because my house was a wreck. (laughs) But then I also felt bad, you know, missing those moments with my kids. So it was, like, a real, Mm -hmm. like, weird thing. Um, But Mm -hmm. those three women, so my mother-in-law, my mother, and then my friend, they were, um, I mean, Mm -hmm. essential because Mm -hmm. they ended up, I mean, they came and cooked me meals. They cleaned my house. And this is, like, six months past like normally people come and do the meal train for the first like month or two months or something they were there for a long time my friend still comes over periodically um and we usually just sit and chat now but she used to fold my laundry wash my floors my mother-in-law clean my floors do my dishes like 
mm-hmm. um, my mother, same thing, you know, yep. what do you need from me right now? Do you need to sit on the couch and hold your kids? Like, that's fine. I'll go clean that. Like, I'll just be here. You mm-hmm. know, let me know if you need anything. Wow. So I think that really was um, the most helpful for me is mm-hmm. that hands on, like, the hands and feet of Jesus. Like, yeah. like it, I didn't need a shrink at that point, you know, like I knew it was wrong with me. Right. Mm, yeah. Um, and having a listening ear was very, very helpful, but just having that weight release mm-hmm. of being able to be like, okay, those things are being taken care of and mm-hmm. I can just sit and learn to love these little people. Could mm-hmm. you articulate the help that you needed at that time or maybe the fact that those three women could just come in and like just do um it was a little bit of both yeah so um it depends on who who it was like um my friend she would specifically ask she'd be like yeah what do you need right now Mm -hmm. and and i would feel bad asking Mm. for help and i was like uh i don't know and Mm -hmm. she was like can i do the dishes can i cook you food can i she you know, has. so she she That's came equipped great. with a couple of offers mm-hmm. um, and same thing with my mom, and my mother in law. She just did it. She was like she just I, I mean, God that. bless her. She yeah. just came in and was like, I'm off your floors for you. Like, yeah. and I was like, thank you. <laughs> you know? Yes. And what's mm-hmm. crazy, though, is there were times where that actually frustrated me. Like mm. looking back, I'm like, what the heck is wrong with me? <laughs> like I would kill for somebody to be able to come and mop my floors right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, having those three women that were just like, That's whatever so you need, like, I'm ready to do it. Yeah. I do think, like, because you mentioned that it made you mad that she just mopped your floors. Like, I do think between you having the postpartum depression and at that point you probably, well, I think you actually did say you knew then. Or, I don't know. But I didn't like, know how much it affected everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I do think there's also, too, a part of, like, you don't want to feel like you can't do things yeah. just because you have yeah. these two mm-hmm. new babies. Like, right. like you want to be able to say that I'm able to do this, mm-hmm. even though, like, it is overwhelming. There is a lot. And, like, so yeah. not saying that your anger was justified, but, like, at the same time, like, you were in a dark spot. And there is, I mean, I'm sure all of us in this room have felt, like, that sense of wanting to be able to say I can do this yeah. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. even if it's difficult like I can take care of myself and my house and my kids and my husband right. and I don't need help mm-hmm. but at the same time it's like it's okay so yeah. true. we're yeah. not created to be alone yeah yeah it's so hard. that actually um that feeling of inadequacy I think is probably yeah. the common root at the base of all of my apathy and depression is um Mm -hmm. especially the postpartum depression um like I remember thinking that I was like does she think my house is dirty like Mm -hmm. and like that's so twisted really but I mean dark place right right um and it was like that with everything anytime Mm -hmm. that it was well do they not think that like do they think I'm unfit like that's really what it was going towards like anytime I would make a call if it was questioned I'm like are they going to try and k- take my kids away from me? Like mm. that was the, the root fear was wow. that they thought that I was not capable. Wow. Did it make you doubt yourself mm-hmm. like, in all your decisions Oh yeah, around your boys? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of it was like, I mean, this is, again, it's twisted, but I would think like, I wonder what she's going to say about this. Or I wonder what they're going to say about this. Or right. are they going to mm. comment on 
every decision I make right yeah. or um, are they going to comment on the dishes on my sink are they going to you know and so yeah. um and part of that was real unfortunately they there was mm-hmm. still like they would question some things or um and like that's really hard to come to terms with too is like is realizing you do need help like like mm. you said like you want to be confident and able right. and mm-hmm. have all the time and all of the energy in the world and then you, you don't you feel yeah like worthless absolutely mm-hmm. like i i wish that i had been able to take a step back mm-hmm. and realize and and honestly the lord was really working on me like like still and i mean like i said earlier we could really talk i could be here for days <laughs> <laughs> talking about all the things that he's like tweaked and adjusted yeah through that time period of just being like real with him like he was really the only thing the only person that i could be like okay god I am angry right now <laughs> with my children. I'm angry right now with uh-huh. my husband. I'm angry like at this or yeah. I can't believe they said that. And he's like, why are you upset about that? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> I do feel like that's a real thing though. It's like sometimes like you're feeling things and you don't know why, but it's mm-hmm. like, like those feelings are a signal to you that like something deeper is going on. Right. Mm-hmm. And with you not knowing or coming out of the postpartum depression, like, yeah, you didn't know why you were angry, but it's because you were dealing with all these things that you didn't know you were dealing with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And that's hard. Yeah. That's hard. Like how you mentioned earlier, you were feeling these things and you didn't know what to do about it. Yeah. That's like, that's a tough spot to be in. Tune in next week for part three.